Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Studstill Smash the Milkman, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Masked Keaton, Andrew Liguori, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Discimera, Jenny E, Rick Firestone, Keith Gasper, Dave Jackson, Eric Guess, Kayla Jackson, Nomad from the Retro Wildlands, and Ash Events. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Welcome to the flight! A considerable curation of champions and catastrophes that is considerate of your chronometer. Hi, it's me, Chris Copleen, and we are here giving you another list that you're going to listen to, we hope. I mean, why else would you click on the dumb thing? It's here for you, so hey, stay a while and listen. I am joined, as always, by your lusciously loxious host, Shane Dick Dragonkowski. How are you doing today, dude? Uh, I'm, I am, you know what? I'm doing all right. I am, I'm ready to get salty. Me too. Just mining it. That's right. Over in the mines. So this is our top five gaming pet peeves, which was chosen by our patrons and nominated by Nomad from the Retro Gaming Wildlands podcast. So thank you, Nomad. Go check out his show. It's fun. It's good to go. And uh, thank you for recommending this topic. And you too can recommend a topic if you become a patron. And all you have to do is go to rhp.show slash Patreon. And then once you're in our Discord, there's a top five suggestions and you can make your suggestion there. So, Shane. Yes. Are you ready to get into some pet peeves? Oh, I am. I am. I am always ready to rant about things. So, yeah, let's let's do this. Sweet. So how about you kick it off with your number five? Number five. All right. I am going to begin my list with, uh, I I tried to order this in, you know, ascending, uh, level of aggravation. So my, my number five is one that is irritating, but maybe not, uh, you know, a total deal breaker, but it is, the weirdly like high regularity with which escort NPCs somehow manage to walk faster than your character walks, but slower than your character runs. <laughs> what the fuck? This is not hard. I don't understand why so many games do this, uh, where you you're either escorting someone or they're just like an NPC that, you know, you do that, like walk and talk kind of thing where they're like, Oh yes, let me dump some exposition on you while I walk to this next destination that we need to get to. And that I, I there, you know what? It's, it's actually surprising when I come across a game where this doesn't happen and it's a pleasant surprise, but with how often this occurs, it just blows my mind that it's like either they, they, they've like 
purposefully picked a speed for the NPC to go where you have to keep doing this like stop and start thing because if you just walk with your character, assuming your character has the option to walk, your walk is going to be like slower than how they're walking. But then if you just run, you just overtake them quickly. And it's it's so annoying. Just pick a speed and stick with it or at least match. Just ha I don't care if it makes it seem like it's, you know, immersion breaking or something. If your character can run, have the fucking NPC run. Just just match my speed, okay? I don't need to keep doing this back and forth thing just so I can hear you tell me the story about whoever the fuck that I probably don't care about anyway, that if I could skip the dialogue, I probably would. Hmm. So that's my number I'm five. I'm surprised it just wasn't escort missions. Yeah, that... That was going to be on my list, but the walking <laughs> thing just really irritates me. All right. My number five is level gating. Mm. And what do I mean by level gating? And this is something I've, I've found is particularly, I wouldn't say common, but it's, it's more prevalent in action RPGs. And that's when you get to a boss or you fight an enemy and the enemy cannot be harmed because you're at too low of a level. So as soon as you gain a level, all of a sudden, the enemy is instantly defeatable or can be defeated. But if if you're like at level 10 and the game wants you to be level 12, you can't damage that enemy until you're level 12. And that's bullshit, because if you're just trying to make your way through the game or the enemy or the, the game design doesn't have a, a natural progression to the point where you're going to be at a level where you can defeat the enemy, you know, with a relatively, I won't say ease, but it's it's possible just through playing the game normally without having to grind that then you have a poor game layout and poor game design. Never make it so that you have to stand around and grind for hours just so you can fight a boss. And I know I love the E series and the E series is very, 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 very guilty about that, but it's irritating as fuck. Just let me fight the boss. Let me know that at least stand a chance and don't make, don't make them invincible because I decided to play the game too fast. Oh no. Yeah, fuck level gating. They can get they can fuck right off. Number four. All right, well, rolling right into my number four. In, in order for you to successfully hear what I have to say about this, you're going to need to press the right buttons at the right time, or you're gonna oh have God. to start over again. That's right. Because it's quick time events or QTEs and they can fuck right off to hell. I'm so glad that this shit really died out because in like the early to mid 2000s and into like the 2010s, every single game it felt like needed to shoehorn in QTEs. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out why the, the argument I've heard from like the game industry and like developers and what have you is that, that it makes it more interactive, that the, it makes you feel what? like you're more part of the game. Like, you know, what? something like God of war where it's like, you can't even open a fucking door without having to like mash a button repeatedly. That, and that, that doesn't add anything to the game. QTEs add nothing to games other than just frustration. And honestly, I, I have to think that some part of it is just because they're they're a cop out. They're just an easy way to, you know, add some kind of air quotes gameplay to a section of the game that otherwise wouldn't have it and they just feel cheap to me. And every time I come across one, I just absolutely despise it 
And that's why I'm so glad that that fad finally died. And so it's fairly rare to come across like just a, a straight up QTE se sequence these days. Um, and I think gaming is better for it because they, they have, they add nothing of value to a game at all. And they, they needed to die. That's hilarious, by the way. That makes it feel more interactive when most QTEs, you press a button and then they do a whole entire cinematic experience that requires absolutely zero input from you. Yeah, but I mean, that cinematic <laughs> sequence could have just been you just watching, but now you're a part of the action. Oh, God. No, it's horrible. <laughs> I don't mind them, to be honest with you, if they're done correctly, but you're, you're not wrong. Okay, my number four is missable items. Mm. Like... If this is this is really bad, I mean, this isn't every genre. RPGs are are typical of doing this. But when you're going through a game and you're in a dungeon or you have to get an item from an NPC and the NPC only shows up at a certain block of time during the game. And if you miss that NPC during that block of time, you can't talk to that NPC to get an item. And that item might be a significant item or makes your journey a lot easier or gives you a leg up somehow in in you know your fighting style or just does makes does something to make the game better and to make an item missable and I, you could throw quests in there too missable quests that if you don't hit a certain window you can't obtain a quest this just this is just irritating why would you just gate off certain parts of the game like i can understand Having a choice between two items, you can get item A or item B, and if you choose one of them, you can't get the other one. That's fine, but just because I didn't look in a specific corner of a dungeon that's hidden by a pre-rendered rock that I have to run behind that's already in the distance, that's on a path that I can't naturally navigate to because for some reason your dungeon decides to crumble into a million pieces once I'm done with it, I can't ever get that item, and there's only two of them the entire game, and the next one's like five to ten hours away from there, and you could be using them to significant use between then and then. Yeah, fuck you. What What are, like, that? that's horrible. You're a terrible human being when you put those things in this game. It's not funny, it's not clever, and it makes me a hoarder in every single game I play because I never know if I'm just going to happen to miss out on an item I'm never going to be able to get again. I hate missable items. Number three. Okay. We're, we're, at, we're at the middle, so the, yeah, the, sal middle. the salt pile continues to grow. And my, my number three is this apparent need to just make every single game a fucking live service. <laughs> I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Now, if your game legitimately has multiplayer functionality that would justify being an ongoing supported live service with, you know, servers being up and, you know, you know, I don't know, matchmaking or it's an actual multiplayer game like an MMO or what have you. Fine. Sure. But it has become a trend over the last probably decade at this point of just shoving live service features into what would otherwise be a single player game. Cynically, I assume for the sole purpose of being able to extend the life of the game and milk more money out of people for either a subscription or for microtransactions or what have you. And 
it just sucks. Like there have been so many games that have honestly ended up dying partially because of this need to have everything be this ongoing service rather than just being a standalone piece of content that you can experience, enjoy, and then put away. No, no, everything needs to try to extract as much time and also therefore money out of every player as is humanly possible. And it really sucks. Um, and, and even outside of that, there's certain instances like, uh, let's say, ESO, Elder Scrolls Online, right? Now, given that's a pretty good MMO by, by all accounts. However, yeah. there is a pretty sizable amount of, of the fan base, myself included, that had to stop and look at it and be like, you know, you could have done that, which is basically like Skyrim light because you have to do certain things to make it work as an MMO. Or y'all could have just spent the time working on Elder Scrolls 6 and just give us the next fucking actual Elder Scrolls game. It's the same thing with Fallout 76. Now, I ended up enjoying my time with it, but you know how I enjoyed my time with it? Playing it as a single-player game. Which, again, begs the question, why the fuck was this an online game in the first place? Like, randomly playing with other jackasses online that can go and just fuck with you or set off nukes when you don't want them to, like, that doesn't add to the experience. It could have been, honestly, once all the f shit was figured out with that really rough launch, Fallout 76 could have totally been just another standalone single-player Fallout game, and it would have been just fine. And I enjoyed it as such through about 90% of my experience with it. I played with a couple friends of mine on a few occasions, but the vast majority of my time, I played it alone. And so this need to like make everything be this ongoing thing needs to stop because apart from the money thing, people just don't have the time. Like I can't be fucked to play, you know, several different games that all want me to log in every day to finish daily quests or whatever, or I get left behind. Like it's insane. No one has that much time. And that's, I mean, honestly, it's part of the reason why I'm certainly glad that we do a retro game show, because all those games back then didn't fuck around with that stuff. We can play it, experience it, enjoy it, and then move the fuck on. They only didn't fuck around with it because they hadn't figured out how to yet. Don't, don't, don't take this from me, Chris. <laughs> I, I want, I want to put on my rose colored glasses and believe that the, the before times were better. I mean, they still were. They still were better. <laughs> my number three is also somewhat a criticism of gamers. And this is something I am guilty of from time to time, but is definitely one of my pet peeves. It's being told you're playing the game the wrong way. Mm. And what do I mean by this? This means if you're playing a game and you're not having a good time and you're expressing your criticisms about how you're not having a good time with that game, being told that you're actually just complaining too much about something and it's not a valid criticism and that's how the game is supposed to be played or you just need to have this certain mindset in order to enjoy this game or you're not using the correct abilities you're not using the right build you're not playing the game correctly and that's why you're not having a good time you should be playing the game like we do because then you'll have a good time that's what makes the game good it sucks to know that when you are having a difficult time getting through a game and people love a game that you're playing and you're just not jiving with it to just be told how wrong you're playing the game and that's why you don't enjoy it. 
I fucking hate it. I can't stand it. And it makes me hate the game more. And I am saying right now, I do this from time to time. I think we all do it because when we love a game, we want others to love a game. And then when people don't love your game, you're going to try and defend that game to the maximum extent possible. At least, hopefully, within, you know, a sanity barrier, right? Like, don't go crazy. But sometimes people just get a little overboard because they love their game too much. And all of a sudden, it's not it's not a game problem. It's a you problem. And you need to fix the way you're playing the game in order to enjoy it. Because the game didn't do anything wrong. You just have a problem yourself. And that sucks. And I hate it. And I actually think that needs to fucking stop. Agreed. Number two. All right, moving on. We're 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 at the two that just. <laughs> if I had a goat, it would get them. Uh, t- timers, just timers in games. Period. I hate timed everything. It it's the worst mechanic, and I absolutely despise it. Uh, I've said this a number of times. It's why I don't like uh, Dead Rising or or really any of the games in that series, but I think the first one was probably the most egregious with this. They, it took what was such a great concept of like you're helicoptering into this town that's just been overrun by zombies and you basically have the run of this abandoned giant mall complex to explore and and fight off zombies. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds really fucking cool. And then they ruin it by having the entire game centered around this constant ticking clock in the form of these progress bars on the top left corner of the screen being like, hey, there's this side quest thing for this person, but like, if you don't get there before this bar runs out, then they're probably going to get murdered by zombies and you're going to totally miss out on this piece of content. And I guess you'll have to play the game over again because fuck you. Like, I hate mm-hmm. that. I hate it so much. And outside of that, also just any any sort of like timed section of a game. Like for instance, we just played Harry Potter for the PlayStation recently. And for some God awful reason, they make the parts where you have to like get to your next class in Hogwarts timed sections where you have to like do jumping puzzles and avoid like obstacles. And there's no reason for it. Like just let me explore the game. And this goes even all the way back to like old school platformers. I never understood why things like, like Mario, for instance, had a timer for every single level. It's like, why I already am going to die if I get hit by something or fall down a hole. Like, but then I also have to contend with making sure that I get through the stage fast enough for the game. Like fuck off. Like, let me just enjoy this experience. I, I don't want to go into a game and feel like I'm under pressure to get something done within a certain time frame. I just want to enjoy the experience. And that is why I just, I, I will quit games for having these sorts of timer things because I just, I hate it so much. I, I feel you. I, I don't hate them obviously nearly as much as you do, but I can, I can understand that. Not every game needs to have a timer. That's for sure. No, I would argue that none do. Nobody, nobody should ever have timers. Just let people enjoy things. Yeah, I can see that. I feel you. Okay. My number two is it kind of ties into my number three. 
which is requiring certain characters or items in order to defeat enemies or bosses or make mm. it past a certain part. Uh, this this usually ties into soft locking. And we had a conversation, a brief conversation, our discord once where someone made it to a final boss. I think it was Willie from Grand Rapidians. And a, a character died early in the battle and they couldn't revive them. And that character was required in order to defeat the final boss or something like that. Um, that's that's shit that that's not how it should go. And this is more on the game designers than the gamers uh, from the number three. Like, let people play the game they want to if you're going to give them the option to play the game the way they want to. So if they don't have a character with a certain ability that will be able to kill an enemy, like, then they should still be able to kill that enemy some some form or fashion way, right? They should be able to make it past it. Or goes back in the missable item thing. Oh, I didn't pick up an item three towns ago, and this item is required to make it past a certain part of a dungeon, except I can't go back to that town. This was, like, really bad in early point-and-click adventure games, if I recall correctly. I think King's Quest did it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when, when you require these items, I mean, that's the entire point of adventure games anyway, but when you get into more other types of games beyond the point and click where you need just items in general to put together, like put the like twine on a fish hook in order to make a guitar to make the siren jump out of the water or some shit like this is when you require certain items to be in your inventory in order to do that. I think it really stymies the experience. It, it forces players to just have team members in their party that they may not like or enjoy playing with because it's just not their style of play. And that that just it could make a good game mediocre. And it bothers me knowing if I get to a certain part, knowing I have to have a certain character in my party that I don't like, because then I will have to level them up. I will have to drag them along. I will have to up their equipment. And then as soon as I'm done with that section, I dump them because I don't like them. That's why they're not in my party. That's why they're not a character I play with. So, yeah, stop forcing me to play with characters or carry items I don't want because I don't like it. Number one. Okay, well, here we are, the number one. And the funny thing about this is uh, I, I didn't expect this, actually, but you already brought this one up. Hmm. But it is my number one because of all the things I've talked about so far, this is the one that 100% has actually made me drop a game and that is missable content. Hooray! I hate this so much. And this was like especially prevalent as I think you you pointed out in a lot of uh, earlier RPGs and things like that, but going and just missing something that is maybe not critical because otherwise that would just completely hamstring the game, but something that would be incredibly useful not just like a neat little secret thing that's like oh that's cool that they put that there but like an actually incredibly useful item that gets stuck behind like just a, a secret door or hidden behind a rock or even in some cases somehow mysteriously put in a place that you already went to before that in the natural progression of a game you would have zero reason to ever go back there but they stuck it there, I guess, on the off chance that you just decide to waste your time and wander around in places you've already been. And <laughs> this gives me just like 
<sighs> this is what gives me this like neuroses about games like this. And it's why I have this tendency to just go and immediately look up a guide for certain kinds of games because I feel like I know what I'm getting into. And if I end up missing something that's maybe not required, but very useful, I, I, it, it's so disheartening to me that like, I will straight up just stop playing a game because I know that I missed something like that. And I've done it before and it just feels bad. Like there should be no reason that something even marginally important or useful in your game experience should not just be part of the natural progression of how someone would just typically play through your game. Like if you want to add neat little Easter eggs and hidden areas and stuff like that for the people who really want to be, you know, incredibly thorough and are the completionists and stuff, I have no issue with that. But when games stick good ass stuff, like either actual content or quest lines or very useful items or pieces of equipment in just the most random ass places that no sane person would ever think to go. It just, it, it's beyond irritating. And like I said, it, it's enough that I will put your game down and just like never go back to it. So that is why it a hundred percent is at the top of my list because it is something that will actively make me not want to continue playing your game. All right. So yours is much higher than mine. I do not disagree with anything you said. And uh guess it's time for my number one. So my number one applies more towards retro games as I am more of a retro gamer who would have thunk. Mm. But it's not having a save function. Mm. Everyone yeah. has heard me swear off Super Mario Brothers 3 for the NES. Uh, Sonic 2, well, for different reasons than Mario 3, but still similar in this aspect. And if you listen to the King of Games 2000, I have lambasted WWE No Mercy for not being able to save data properly. So whenever a game decides they're not going to allow me to save or likes to erase my save data or gives me a 26 character password in order to re get back to the point in the game where I was at, like Metroid or Castlevania 2, I don't want to play you. I do not want to play that game. And I understand it's different nowadays because you have safe states, but I, I am a weird person and I like to collect games. So I like to play my games on original hardware. I like putting games into my NES, into my Sega Genesis and into my PlayStation. So if your game has some weird convoluted method of continuing your progress like just telling people what you don't know about the warp whistles your game might be too long just a thought especially when saves were prevalent in the early 90s and late 80s there's no excuse for it if you want to do the middle ground with Mega Man Mega Man's fine because it has pretty simple passwords but even then it's irritating by the time we got to Mega Man X Mega Man X2 Mega Man X3 why am I not able to save my progress why do I have to continually, continuously enter passwords in order to get back into where I need to get back at? It sucks. It's unnecessary. It ruins. It just ruins any sort of feeling of progress that I have. It makes the entire game feel stilted. It's just a terrible excuse. 
for trying to, I don't know, make people sit down and play your game all the way through, which who has like a spare two hours? I mean, I guess people do, but like, why, how is that convenient? Oh, I'm going to go play Sonic two today. Better clear off an hour and a half to two hours off my calendar so I can play this game where I'm supposed to go fast. Like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't work. I hate it. Put save. I mean, people put save functions in your games, but if you ever wonder why I hate good games like Super Mario Brothers three and why I say it's so much better in the Super Mario All-Stars collection and I keep on saying Super Mario Brothers three is overrated. It's because it has no no save function. I was thinking about moving this down, but because Super Mario Brothers three and yes, I know I'm targeting on that game is supposed <laughs> to be the greatest game of all time and I don't like it. That's why I have to put it as my number one. There you go. It's my pet peeve. It had no save function. It could go fuck off. Be a better game designer next time, Miyamoto. Maybe you'll get there one day. Kidding. He's really good. <laughs> no, I think that's that's totally valid. I, I debated having that somewhere on my list as well. I mean, it's part of the reason. I mean, whatever your morals are around emulation aside, it is one of the, in my opinion, main benefits uh, it's just being able to save whenever you want, because I mean, honestly, some of us just don't have the time to like sit until we find another save point to be able to safely leave a game. Like sometimes we got to be fucking adults and go do things and the ability to just save a game and put it down whenever you need to is honestly pretty crucial. So mm -hmm. I, I totally get it. Or pausing the game. Yeah. <laughs> I can't pause it, mom. It's online. <laughs> Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, just you know, find a safe corner. It's, it's fine. <laughs> Spoilers: There retreat. are no safe corners. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny how you do a one eighty when it's something that you like, huh? Anyway, um, <laughs> we'll get to that at some point. Yes, we will. But at any rate, uh, I guess that wraps it up for this flight. So, hopefully, uh, you have enjoyed this list, and uh, you know what. Let, it, let us know what your pet peeves are, you know, shoot us a message or, uh, you know, if you're not already, you can jump into our uh, public and totally free discord and uh, join the conversation and let us know what you think. What, what are the things in gaming that really, really grind your gears? Uh, so you can find that discord as well as uh, all the other fun RHP stuff, whether that's the, the Patreon, uh, if you'd like to become a member that way and throw some ducats at us, then, uh, you get a whole buttload of content. I will say that there's, there is a, there is a chonky backlog there for you to go through. So you definitely get your money's worth, so uh, earthy. or it is. Yeah. Uh, and, or, you know, you could, uh, pick yourself up some RHP merch over at the, at the T public merch store, if you want to do that. And, uh, you can also check out all our socials as well as our YouTube channel and our Twitch channel. And all of that is over at the link tree. Uh, which apparently is so 2010, according to a certain Australian backlogger, uh, which is funny because he does it too. So, you know, I see you. I see what you're doing. But uh, you can go to linktree slash retro hangover. It's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash retro hangover to find all the good stuff. So, uh, Chris, what mm. do you have to tell the peoples at home? Yeah, just... Uh... You can find this on our link tree too, but if you don't want to do that and just type on type in twitch.tv slash retro hangover, you can find us streaming there on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time. 
And like we said last time, you might see Shane getting spooked. You might mm. see me getting mad at a game you love and calling it shit. You never know. Uh, just show up there at twitch.tv slash retro hangover at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Sundays. And we will see you there with our fantastic community and fantastic people who provide all the sorts of company that you expect from good company, I guess. I couldn't really figure out a way to tie that all up. But yeah, if you missed that, go to YouTube. <laughs> yes, good good job sticking the landing on that one. That's, yeah, it was pretty bad. That's good. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, I guess it's time for us to head out. So uh, until next time. Play with your raging, angry boner joysticks. <laughs>